1: Are you ready, Dad? I'm ready. Okay. Are you, are you excited? I'm
2: very excited.
1: Are you nervous? No. You're not nervous? Not really. <laughs> Sh- you should be. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? They could go wild and crazy. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be very chill. Say hi to the confidence.
2: Hi, confidence.
1: You speak a little French?
2: Je parle français. Oui. Ooh,
1: oui, oui, oui. Un petit peu. Is Confidant just friend in French? Could be. You don't know?
2: It could be confidence. It could be just someone is confident. I'm not sure if it's a noun or a verb or what. I probably never used that when I learned French, Mm. which was 50 years ago in Paris. In Paris?
1: When you motorbiked across the country? I did. How romantique?
2: It was. I met a girlfriend that was trying Mm. to get her away from... Her mother was trying to get her away from me during the summertime.
1: Uh oh, playa playa.
2: Before she actually went to college, and uh, she didn't know that we met in at the Eiffel Tower <gasps> in the middle of. I didn't uh, know you met at the this, Eiffel Tower. Yeah, that was a good place for when for us to meet when she arrived. I said just I'll just meet you at the Eiffel Tower at a certain date at twelve noon. And uh this was so.
1: pre-texting, pre-Google Calendar, pre-Bumble. Yes. How did you meet this lady? Well, <laughs> do you remember? <laughs>
2: I had I had a a friend of mine who was dating her. <clears throat> and <laughs> her family was kind of a
1: You stole your friend's girlfriend, dad? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This seems no, to have happened I was, a lot no, back in the I day. Was,
2: I was doing him a favor because <sighs> her parents didn't really like him because he was he was the singer in a band.
1: And what were you at this and point he in your life?
2: Had long hair. So did you? Yeah, but Milo was
1: Oh, we got a name. Sorry, Milo. Yeah.
2: Milo's a g still a good friend of mine. And I still talk to him all the time.
1: Damn! Does he ever bring up? Remember that time you stole my girlfriend and took her to Paris?
2: No, because it never. And that's not the way it was. I mm. went. He, I went to her house to pick her up for him because, <laughs> <laughs> because her parents wasn't a well. They didn't approve. They weren't approving of his appearance. Apparently. So you didn't look he any goes, better.
1: You were a hippie.
2: We all were. So I said, uh, yeah, I'll go pick her up. And I did. And I, I had to walk into this yeah, big, big uh, mansion type of house in Darien, Connecticut. And then there was a a full on dining room dinner going on. Oh,
1: my God. And you with just With candles her? and
2: everything. Yeah.
1: It's like straight a scene straight out of The Notebook. Do you ever watch Notebook? That probably made you cry.
2: Yeah. Uh, I remember there's a movie called Notebook, but I don't recall the, what it was the about. The girl
1: was a rich family, and the boy was poor, and they had a summer love that was lasted a lifetime, And but the family didn't like him, so he, he had to leave her, but they found each other later on in life. But this didn't seem to happen with that girl. You took her to Paris, drove her across the country, and then ditched her, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually lived together for nine years.
1: Oh, shit. This was what's her name?
2: Martha. Yeah. Oh,
1: my God. I didn't know this was Martha that you took to Paris.
2: I didn't take her to Paris. Her well, mother sent her to Paris, and I happened to be going to school there oh. that year to fulfill a language requirement for uh, the University of Connecticut. And uh, I went to, to the Alliance Française on the Boulevard de Raspail. I remember that
1: you had to go to France to rec- to fulfill a requirement. That's pretty like yeah epic to do in college.
2: Well, back in those days, there were some pretty good deals. Uh, Icelandic Airways was flying from New York to. Luxembourg, and back for like 200 bucks. That's nice. And uh, so I got got a ticket, signed up for the school. and
1: um, Were you doing at, it really just for, were oh, you doing it for school, or were you doing it oh, just yeah. so you could see the world? No,
2: I was doing it for school. Wow. And um, first we arrived in Paris, me and this other kid that I met along on the trip um, from luxembourg to paris and he says well i'm going to paris too but and he was going to meet his girlfriend there too but he goes i don't have any place to stay and i said well neither do i we're just going there we we didn't have apartments or anything and so we met we met these two girls at a train uh, at the bus station when we you both had
1: girlfriends but then you met two girls oh my lord alien and lilo Oh my lord! And
2: they were—they came up and asked me a question of what time it was or something because they saw I had a watch mm-hmm. on my wrist, and it was at the bus station and subway station, mm-hmm. or the met—it's like the, it was called the metro in <laughs> Paris. And, and I said, "Oh, sorry, I'm not French," and but they both spoke English. Uh oh! And they—and they said, "Well, oh, well, what are you doing here?" And because you guys uh-huh. kind of look lost, and we said, "Well." we kind of are and they said all right well come with us we're going to the uh to the left bank uh they lived on the ile de la cité
1: I've and, been uh, there you took us there and showed us
2: That's correct that was their apartment with a guy named Jean Beaufort which they sh- shared that apartment and uh and we actually they said well we're going to break you into Paris a um you know uh tourists are always looking you know to to go to a cafe and uh-huh. have a drink and this and that
1: some and, bread and a cigarette
2: yes and we'd sit outside in the cafe and on a on a summer evening in paris and we said well that's great so they took us to where they lived but and what we,
1: about y'all's girlfriends
2: no they weren't there yet
1: yeah that's kind of the point what happened there <laughs>
2: nothing happened we were uh, we both Dad, we both were, were being you know welcome to Paris and it oh was fun and we God. so we walked around the city a little bit and then we bumped into this guy I still remember his name it was John Standard he was from Connecticut as well oh, and he and he ironic. was you know he's a, he saw us talking to the girls and stuff and he says oh you guys are he's American like, I want yeah. and he was an American he goes I he says I kind of look for Canadian and Americans to help him out because yeah
1: they lost. Uh, so yeah, yeah. so, sure and so he do. goes,
2: hey, I know this guy's got a, a hotel. He's really, it's probably got a room that you guys can have for a couple of nights. Wow.
1: that's and a hook And so
2: he set us up, and uh, and we we said, hey, Lilo and uh, Alien, what we'll will we'll come tomorrow and we'll take you out to lunch since you took us out for drinks. Mm. And we said, okay. <laughs> so we did that, and because uh, we, we knew where they lived, and uh, it, it was a nice, friendly relationship mm-hmm. only just friendly
1: all peace and love back then yeah, yeah. very like pre-social Alien media
2: had gone uh, to school at the sorbonne there in in uh, paris and um, lilo was actually a swiss girl who was um she was going to school too but both of them apparently for the month of july and part of august were on what they call en vacance because it seems there's a lot of europe takes the summer off Mm -hmm. and they were both students and stuff and they said you know what we were looking to 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 rent our apartment our half of the apartment at Jean Beaufort's place and if you need a place to stay and uh, I said yeah I'll do it I'll take it
1: and you got this epic place right on the river that was like right right in the middle of the city and it was stunning you took us right by it It,
2: yeah it was on the Ile de la Cité how old were you right on the Seine I was, let's see, this was, I was 20 years old.
1: So, that was a 10 minute story by my father. <laughs> Coffee <Call me> dots. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're absolutely sure we don't know everything. I'm Kelsey Dara, your host. And this week we have a very special guest. This is my Faja, my father, Michael John Dara, John Michael Dara. Uh, we, we got a great intro of you telling a very dad-like story where you kind of deter and you kind of go on and on, but you always come back. You always come back. Thanks for being on the podcast, ad. And thanks for starting out with your story about Perry.
2: You're welcome. But I didn't finish it. Yet.
1: Oh, there's a what's the end?
2: Well, see, that's when I arrived in Paris.
1: Oh, God, we're still going.
2: <laughs> so Li- Lilo had to go back to London to pick up a paycheck because she was working there for a friend or something. And uh, she had to come back to Paris for some reason. But she says, hey, I'm hitchhiking back to London. And I said, well, I'll go with you because I want to go to to England and buy a Norton 750 Commando motorcycle. motorcycle. So we did that. And while we went to London that weekend, there was a big concert. It was called, uh, it was the concert on Shefton Mallet in Bath. It was the summer...
1: We got a big UK audience. Of
2: 1970, it was they were trying right to recreate Woodstock. Woodstock. They were trying ah. to recreate it, and all of the same, a lot of the same bands were still there. No
1: way! So you got to go to like Woodstock so, number two, England.
2: Well, we did. We if you you know we we hitchhiked from London to the to Bath.
1: No way! And we got
2: on this truck with, with that was picking up kids along the way. They oh were all doing God. the same thing, and so when we got back. Uh, My motorcycle was getting prepared. We were all ready. And so we hopped on the motorcycle and we drove to Paris. I dropped Lilo off and, and on that, that day in June, where we had set uh, Martha and I had set up, I to m- go get I I, ro- I arrived on my motorcycle.
1: Oh my god! And, and
2: she was standing there under the Eiffel Tower with oh her bag. Oh my
1: god! We
2: threw it. We you drop one p-
1: chick off. You got to pick up your your main chick.
2: That's right. So, oh my god! <laughs> so, so we <laughs> we go to we, we I picked her up at the Eiffel Tower and we, she said, "Well, okay, I have to stop by by my." Um, Residence where she was already registered to, to go there. So mm-hmm. we met the concierge, who was a, an old lady. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't even let me <gasps> take take the she bag. She
1: smelled you as a playa, playa. No men in this house. <laughs> This is lady only. She could smell you a mile away. She's Parisian. She knows guys like she you. She wouldn't
2: even let me carry the bag up. And I looked wow. at Martha, and Martha looked at me, and Martha goes, I'm not staying in this ah! place. I said, don't worry about it. I already got us this apartment.
1: Oh, perfect. So she
2: said, okay, I got to call my mom and tell her I'm not staying here.
1: Oh, my God. This is so Emily in Paris. This so, is the new Netflix show. You're yeah, describing so, it.
2: So I took... I took her to the apartment and uh Alien and Lilo, she met them they hadn't left oh yet my so we God. we stayed on this little like rolled up cat a little like a
1: mattress a, What are
2: those beds that you know futon futon bed Yeah we stayed for a couple of days in the living room
1: uh-huh.
2: and we met John. We were real, you know, we became yeah. really good friends and, all, and they, they stayed for a couple more days and then they were both off and we and moved into the apartment. And you just took over
1: the lease. Bada boom, yeah, bada we, bang, baby. We,
2: we went down to the Alliance Francaise and both registered for classes and we went to the, it's funny, we'd go to the post office to use the phone because now all the apartments.
1: No one have phones.
2: They, they didn't have phones. Nobody had phones, you know. No. You had to, uh, you know, a hardwire phone. So we'd go, we go to the post office and call, and we told, and Mar- Martha explained what she was doing, and her mother says, "Well, okay, whatever, you know, we, uh, w- uh, you know, we'll, you know, send you the money that we, we were going to send to the place that you were going to yeah. stay." And uh, and I had money too, and um, so we she had we had a we had a vehicle well. to drive around in, which was pretty cool, That's and we like, had an apartment, and we spent the, wow. the, the the summer in Paris in Paris uh, I yeah. can see
1: a glisten in your eye as you think back on these fun memories it was
2: it was a fun it was a fun time it was see we we didn't plan things much we just no. went and did them
1: that is nothing like my life now I mean although what I'm doing with jammy by the way audience we're doing a socially distanced podcast in Houston Texas where we met uh, my family halfway for Thanksgiving and we're in jammy and we have destinations and i'm very much a planner and but i i'm trying to make this as like free love freedom no planning but people don't live that way anymore it's so much anxiety like the idea of i don't know what do you want to do people can't do that anymore like just to go discover like hey let's drive to bath today i
2: think there's some people that do it but not very many it's not different. With, not it, with see, me. they they used to put these books out when I was um, you know, young mm-hmm. when I was in late teens and early twenties. Uh oh You're up on five dollars a day, where people would go from city to city and there'd be these little like um and they still have them. Yeah, they still think, have them. And and what are they what is the word that they I forget what the word Almanac? is that they they used for the places where you, you would meet other and other kids would be staying there
1: Oh, like a hostel.
2: They were hostels, yeah. right? Yeah, I exactly. did the hostel um,
1: last year. Yeah, well, you they still what? do that, huh? Okay, so I did kind of get to do that experience last year for my birthday. It was a very big deal for me to go.
2: You just go to a city and find yes. a place like this, and you stay overnight, yes. and you wander around during the and day. And I met and
1: people, and you, yep. you want to hear the craziest thing? So I did this last year. I made a video about it where I let my Instagram followers choose my vacation. So I really didn't have a plan, even though I had like kind of an agenda. I let people pick where I went and I ended up getting totally thrown going to Portugal. I stayed at a hostel, my first time ever staying at a hostel, met these great kids, met this one younger guy who uh, we were sitting one night in like the library and he was American. And I was like, so what brought you here? And he was like, oh, well, I don't know if you've ever heard of this YouTube channel that I love called uh, Yes Theory and they have this video where they let their their followers choose their Instagram vacation. And I go, wait a minute, that's literally what I'm doing. I love Yes Theory, how did you, oh my God, so we connected over that and then that's not even the crazy part of the story. So I leave and I go on the rest of my adventure, lose touch with him, don't even really remember his name. A year later, I'm in Los Angeles and Yes Theory throws an event where all the fans can come and learn about you know what they do And motherfucking guess who shows up? That kid who I met in Portugal a year earlier. We had no idea. I just look at him and he looks at me and we go, oh my God. What the
2: heck? You mean it's a really a smaller world than you think?
1: Yes! I was like, <laughs> what are the freaking odds? It was crazy. Um, but yes, the world is different than it is when you grew up. I always am fascinated to hear your stories, Dad. I think the podcast audience is gonna be jazzed about this episode because I don't really feel like they know a lot about you. Obviously, mom has come on the podcast, she's been in some videos. Also, we should mention if you're watching this on youtube.com slash Kelsey Darrow, you can see my dad's dog right now, which he's also wearing. Go ahead and explain. My
2: dog t shirt. Yep. This is Moxie. This is my little man. That's he, your best friend. He goes friend. with me everywhere.
1: And he, you also have a picture of him on your shirt that you're wearing right now.
2: That's correct.
1: And you love this dog more than your children easily.
2: No, he's, he's right up there. Just as even.
1: It's You're even lying. It's even you, Steven. You love this dog more than anything in the world, which is very dad of you.
2: I would do anything for my children. I would do anything for my dog.
1: I, b- I believe there, the t- he's
2: family. He's the, he is.
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, you don't have a t shirt with my face on it, but that's not the point. Uh, I think the audience <laughs> is really going to get. If
2: you gave me a t shirt with your face he on it, I would wear that's it. That's
1: true. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll get you that for Christmas then. Okay. Um, the audience doesn't know really much about you because mom has been on a few podcast episodes and she's been in some BuzzFeed videos, and mom is very outgoing and loud just like me she knows how to kind of put on a show you are not like that necessarily you're not very like you're like a pretty private person and I think when I got into the business it it comes a little bit maybe of a surprise as to the field that I got into and the work that I do and the things that I talk about so does like what I do for a living like how do you feel about what I do for a living? <laughs>
2: well i've always agreed that you know you you should follow what you love and what your passions are mm-hmm. and you as a child yep and the uh, have you've always had um a passion and you've always enjoyed performing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as a little kid you'd always you know, round up everybody. And say, okay, okay, I'm putting on a show.
1: I know. And
2: you'd do the show, and you'd sing and dance, or do magic, or whatever. Oh
1: my God, I went and to magic I, camp.
2: I have I have VHS tapes oh, yeah. of those. Throwback. And uh, then you continued on in school. You'd always get the the lead in the the Braxis. school play, mm-hmm. and this and that. And uh, we'd go, and we were always proud of you. You always did a good job. And <laughs> and uh, we we even when we sent you off to college, I remember you said. You know, I love you were as a matter of fact, today is the Alabama Auburn football game, oh, which yeah? we're going we should watch we later. We should watch
1: that. Turkey or what's that, what do they call the Iron Bowl? The
2: Iron Bowl, it's mm-hmm. a big rivalry. Big Southern
1: football game. And
2: and we went we went to a couple football games with Kelsey at Auburn. It was great fun. And she said at the end of the year, "Gosh, it's a great place and I've had a lot of fun and you know, I've learned a lot, but they won't let me get into the fine arts because mm-hmm. I'm I don't have any seniority there yet."
1: Mhm. You have to like, I got to get to New
2: York or LA. I said, Really? I said, Okay. Because I said, This is costing me a lot of money. So. (laughs) let's go let's go let's get you a place that
1: out-of-state tuition
2: (laughs) i know so i said let's get you a place in new york and get you started in whatever you want to do wow i'm really lucky in
1: that regard not a lot of parents would do that i don't think a lot of parents forced my friends into college and to stay into college and like they definitely help them pay their way
2: i i think that in a way college is a little overrated these days it's more i learned it when i went to college um It was more of the University of Connecticut. It was more of a, of a, um, um, I mean, I minored in philosophy. I I majored in psychology, minored in philosophy. (laughs) How do you get a job, you know, with those majors? It was more of a, uh, what
1: did you uh, want to do? You were just doing a bunch of ass and we're like, I should probably talk about psychology and philosophy, right? well,
2: Well, I, I started out as a pre med student, and then uh, and then I thought I was going to be an industrial psychologist of some kind. What
1: is an industrial psychologist?
2: Well, it's somebody that works in a um, uh, you work as a psychological uh, advisor for a big company. You know, if wow. you have to talk to employees, and you know, and when employees, all, even though we, they spend a lot of time being employed in your company. And they spend the most of uh, most time of their day there. So they have, they bring their problems with right. them and sometimes you can help. Makes them, a lot of know, sense. I had no idea.
1: Out. I like kind of forgot about your whole psychology aspect of your life because obviously I'm a mental health advocate, very involved mm-hmm. and you have learned and been through all of that. I mean, on the side of the educator, not necessarily a person going through it, but like, what was it of that age that you were at, uh, made you so, uh, inquisitive about the mind and psychology?
2: Well, I, th- I think it was a result of, uh, not necessarily being a doctor per se and following that, it w- but it, it, it still was involved in the medical field mm-hmm. you know the psychologist or psychiatrist or something like that
1: I would never peg you now though as someone that is is like interested in that stuff
2: well basically I used a lot of that my whole life I was always a salesman of some some yeah. kind I was always buying or selling something I always you know I, I started out selling newspapers mm-hmm. I was uh, I had two two newspaper routes when I was a, a little kid
1: but you weren't like a CD car salesman kind of guy. You were like a good stand-up blue-collar business salesman. I, I always guy got
2: guy. along with people and I, I, I looked at college more of a of a uh, pit stop. An idea uh, uh, learning ideas and learning l- learning social skills more than anything else. Mm. You know, yeah. how to get along with people. I always got along with most people.
1: What happened? You're so grumpy
2: now. <laughs> How old are you? You get old. <laughs> How old are
1: you tell the audience?
2: 72.
1: You're 72. Yeah. You don't look 72, but you do act 72. You've been Sometimes. you've been through a lot in your life. You know, you've you've gone, you know, the hippie route you were woodstock guy anti-war peace and love like i think that's where a lot of my liberal ideals came and then you did kind of find your way into a more traditional life
2: well with- i always i always had a even though you know it was uh peace and love for you know from let's say 60 65 mm-hmm. when i started college that uh, and then, after that, for another ten or so years, um, rather than take a real job, what I call the real job, mm-hmm. a uh, um, you know a, a nine to five job mm-hmm. or something Working like that,
1: man.
2: my girlfriend and I bought and sold show horses.
1: What the fuck? So random. Yeah. My favorite story that you told me once was when you. And your girlfriend broke up. That were selling show horses together. You gave her horses as like a parting gift.
2: Well, no, we owned a bunch of. We yeah, but you a, let
1: her keep the horses. That's insane. Well, I only
2: I only took two. I, I I and she had like about six or eight of them left, and and I left her the horse van, and I took my pickup truck, and off I went to another world, <laughs> and then. And that and then about five years later, I met your mother, and that was uh, thirty-five years ago. So we've been married wow. for thirty-five years now. She's all she was always a hard worker, and I was always a, a hard worker too. But
1: but I wouldn't say mom was necessarily like a traditional conserv. I mean, nothing conservative about that woman in the eighties. I'm sure.
2: Well, she was. She was a product of uh, uh, of a um, a pastor.
1: Uh, preacher's bat- daughter
2: she was a pre- preacher's daughter and a we Baptist know what happened pastor, to those. and they're always the wildest ones and, so- and some
1: of her brothers and sisters stayed conservative but mom <laughs> was not but so when you guys met I feel like how did it go I mean first of all your love story is insane I mean <laughs> you guys knew each other for three months before you were married correct you proposed just saying my mom said, "Hey, you—you'd be lucky to marry me." And you said, "Well, why don't we go get married?" And she said, "Okay." And then you guys drove to Vegas and got married at the little white wedding chapel. Didn't
2: we? Didn't drive there, but we flew there. You
1: flew, and then she. We followed. were at,
2: we were in Hollywood, and we were at the Magic, Magic Castle. Castle. We were having dinner, and we were discussing, I don't know, relationships and this and that. And she said, looked at me and said, "Geez, I'd be a good wife. Why? How come nobody's ever asked me to marry her?" And I said, "Well." Would you marry me? And then she almost dropped her drink. We were standing in line <laughs> or something like that to go to one of the shows. <laughs> and she goes, well, okay. And so that's what the way it happened. What the fuck? So I was working in Vegas. I was I was working at that Sales, time for yeah. a company called W.R. Grace Company. Yeah. And uh, and I called her and I said, because we had set, set the time to get married. Uh, that is
1: not normal.
2: Sometime like in October. So it was about six or eight or nine months later uh, we had planned to get married because we were going to do this buy a house and do get all settled in before we got married and uh I just said hey you know what I, I got a I want a bunch of money at the baccarat <laughs> table I said I got it they gave me a real nice room at the top of, of the Tropicana hotel I you said you
1: the Tropicana I've got
2: I've got I've got a uh, a uh, a um, airline ticket waiting Ooh. for you at LAX. Why don't you hop on oh and come on God. to Vegas and we'll get married? She said, "Okay, I'm on my way." But
1: Dad, do you realize how insane that sounds? Even to meet someone and then plan on like even only after six or nine months of knowing. Well, Angela? it's only
2: three months, but what I said was, "Come on, and we'll get married." And she goes, "Okay, I'm on my way." And so when she got there, uh, w- we went shopping o- over at the. Um, Caesars, you know, all those shops mm, and everything. She we got found a pink
1: her, cocktail she, dress. She got a
2: big, long, fancy dress. No, it got, was not
1: big, long. It was poofy and a yeah, cocktail dress. Yeah, I,
2: don't, I can't tell and you what And she had it was. bird
1: feathers in her hair.
2: That's right. And we went to the Little White Castle. And Little White uh,
1: Wedding Chapel.
2: The w- Little White Chapel, I'm sorry. And
1: you were right. wearing a pink tie. You had pink accents to match her pink cocktail dress. She did not get an all-white yeah, wedding th- dress. I
2: had a three-piece three suit on and everything, and we got we went oh <laughs> got God. married and not not only did we have a limo to take us but when we after the ceremony which you get,
1: got married by Elvis by the way and Elvis no, impersonator. No that,
2: that was the 20 year re- reunion Oh one. you
1: got a regular person the first yes. time? Oh okay. Yeah.
2: The the, the 20 year reunion you that we we got we went, by we, got, we re- Remarried. redid our vows yeah. and we had Elvis was was part of the guy. But anyway they gave us a, a small uh, certificate to walk across the street and we got two splits of champagne <laughs> two, what? Little, two little nine ounces bottles of champagne as part of our our wedding uh, uh
1: Get package ceremony
2: there was a package at the little white chapel but
1: dad all of this is insane <laughs> yes but what i find even crazier is that you wanted to marry this person after only knowing them for this long of a time,
2: oh, we knew we were in love. How yeah. did you know? We just realized that one day we were sitting at Half Moon Bay, uh, which is up in San Francisco area, and we, I was there working for the week, and I s- stopped and stayed with Christy for the weekend, and we were up there, and we drove up there for the day to watch the sunset and everything, and we sat on the beaches and we looked at each other, and we realized, wow, that's when we told each other, you know what? I love you. And that's the way it happened. And she said, "You know, I love you too." And I said, "Wow, this is amazing." And we as we looked into the sunset at Half Moon Bay, we saw a whale <laughs> breach the water and shot water out of its spout. And then we watched this other couple that were walking and they were kind of walking aimlessly down the beach, and then all of a sudden when they walked by us, all of a sudden they held hands. And started, you know. And
1: so you were like, we're were, emitting so much love.
2: Do you believe this? That's really happening. And then we saw this beautiful sunset and everything. And I said, wow.
1: This is meant to uh, be fate.
2: It it is. And that was 35 years ago.
1: Oh, dear sweet confidants. Do you finally feel like you can take just a little bit deeper of a breath? Now that we have gotten through this election season, or do you feel like maybe not at all because now we're coming up with the holidays? Well, listen, if you're feeling stressed or anxious, you know what I'm here to tell you about forever and always better help, baby. Better help. Is a therapy app that matches you with counselors. It's affordable. And, you know, traditional counseling wasn't really for me. I didn't realize uh, online counseling was exactly what I needed to feel comfortable. And the best part is, financial aid is available. I know therapy is a privilege, we acknowledge that. But hey, maybe you could get this as a gift for someone this holiday season. Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) It's a private and safe online environment, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under. 24 hours. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living your happier life today. And as a listener, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com CI for confidently insecure. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P Fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. I can confirm this. I'm actually wearing Quince pants (gasps) right now. You are. They are so. They're they're loose. They're breezy. These babies have a button, a fly,
0: drawstring, and elastic in the band. So I can like I can dress them up. I can dress them down. Yes. They are. They're the perfect pant for summer and I'm really comfortable as hell in them
1: honestly I am wearing the quince 14 karat gold earring loop right now Oh my God. I know I think it's so cute it does not tarnish it is so comfy and I have sensitive ears so I'm really mm-hmm. loving this for my body so get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash kelsey for free shipping on your order in 365 day returns that's dot com slash kelsey to get free shipping and 365 day returns Quince.com slash Kelsey. Are you looking to cut back on alcohol this year? <laughs> you are talking to two sober sallies. You know, Zach and I love to drink recess, zero proof craft mocktails because it's a guilt free way to unwind. It has 0% alcohol made with real fruit, only 25 calories or less, and it is sweetened with agave because y'all know I got that sugar addiction. It has incredible flavors. One of my favorites is the grapefruit paloma. The paloma is actually one of the last drinks I was drinking when I was drinking alcohol. So this is like a nice little nostalgia moment and it still feels really fun in my hand. And there's no reason we should be missing out on the partying either. It's such a good replacement for alcohol, a great drink for having in between alcoholic drinks, unwinding at home, at dinner parties, chilling on the couch. It is endless. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. To the show that is again crazy that like of course there's all those rush of serotonin emotions in love when you're first meeting someone but to <laughs> sustain that for 35 years is crazy because you guys met a little later in life like you did not have like uh by society standard the age limit milestones that people had like you both i always tell people like you both enjoyed your lives before you kind of s- decided to settle down which i think is really great because i think so many people want and rush to have kids like i'm 30 and so many of my friends are having kids and married and yeah I'm i was like,
2: 38 and your mom was 29 we had been uh, down around down the street and around the block a couple of times yeah we, both of us kind of yeah, knew party. what we what we liked and what we wanted yeah. And you know we both had you know establish ourselves a little bit and you know christy had she had a little money from her working Uh and she like i said she was always a hard worker you know she you know and
1: uh is that what you liked about her
2: i just liked her independence she you know she was uh uh uh, you know an independent woman on her own yeah um she had a boyfriend but she wasn't (laughs) with that boyfriend anymore no, she no she didn't Dad have a boy. is
1: the king of Mr. Steel your girl.
2: No, she was she had already they had <laughs> or, they already split up but I they know, still know. you but know hung around hung with each out, other. Yeah. They had a crew that they hung around with.
1: Wow, he must have been real jealous of you boy.
2: No, he had other he had his own girlfriends.
1: I know, but you always kind of look at the ones your lover ends up with and go like, okay, see <laughs> what <laughs> happened there? That must have been fun. So when you guys were at Half Moon Bay falling in love, were you on any drugs?
2: Any drugs?
1: <laughs> were, were you doing any mushrooms? Oh at the no, no 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 and, no no
2: no no. No, we, at no, the we had we had stopped in this this little little bar uh-huh. in Half Moon Bay and had a couple of drinks and stuff, okay. and then we were, we had yeah, wandered out to see the sunset. Yeah, but that's nothing. What, and we drove up there for the day to you know just to, to spend the day. Yeah,
1: that's nice. People don't do that shit yeah. anymore. People don't go to hang out at the parks.
2: Well,
0: I f- think that people probably if you talk. anybody that's
2: ever been you know had some extended time with each other like if they were married for 15 yeah. or 20 or 30 years i'm pretty sure that you'd find that they have stories and experiences that that are what you might call insane a, a, abnormal or out of the norm you yeah. know it's not like well i was introduced to this girl and we dated a few times and then we decided that we liked each other, and then we went steady, and we gave each other, you know, the little friendship rings and yeah. stuff, and then we planned to get married and have children no. and this and that. And yeah, that's thing.
1: like how, that's how I think a lot of the, what I saw growing uh, up happened. Really? Like, your story is not like anything else I've heard with a lot of people. That's well, worked out for this long.
2: Yeah, well, see, the first girlfriend, the real girlfriend I had, I was a little bit younger than she was, and... We, she, my parents moved away from Richmond, Virginia in my senior year in high school, and I had to go away from that because she was my girlfriend for a year or so. Mm-hmm. And, and but then, you know, like I said, different, you know, experiences, different relationships, so they are what they are.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you grow and learn, and you learn what you like and don't yeah. like out of every relationship. Like, even though I've been through some of like, the worst dated the worst fucking people yeah i think you learn like everything is a growing experience you know like you learn a lot about yourself
2: sure life experiences social uh um interaction with uh, other people i mean it was you know i I remember when i first started college i didn't really have a girlfriend uh and i was going (laughs) wow how come i don't have a girlfriend
1: (laughs) Because you're it a player. It
2: wasn't working out. I mean, I was going out with a few of them, but I, I re- always really liked to have a Do girlfriend. Do you think you're hot? Hot?
1: Yeah. Do you think you're hot?
2: <laughs> oh, you mean attractive to the yeah. female? Uh, <laughs> yeah. In my life? Uh, I think I'm okay. Because I am a, think nice, a, lot I'm a nice of people enough guy and
1: who looked at you when you were younger would call you a hot piece of ass. Oh, you I, were, I don't know. Like a Richard Gerelof motherfucker. uh, A lot of women that I know uh, from your past would talk about your hot stuff.
2: Well, I would leave that up to whoever. I don't don't like to talk about myself that way.
1: You should. No, actually, you're a Libra. You wouldn't. Do you think it's funny that I'm a Leo, mom's a Leo, you're a Libra, and Jared's a Libra? Do you think I found you in Jared? (laughs) I don't think Jared's anything like you. Do you think Jared's anything like you? Do you believe that girls uh, tend to marry guys like their dad? I think that's such an outdated Boy, thing. I
2: don't, I don't know. I've never thought about that, really.
1: You guys aren't very similar except for brown hair, <laughs> although you're getting a little gray. I don't
2: know. I don't, I don't know anything about... Um, Freud? No. No, no the, uh, um, you know, Libra, Leo. Oh, astrology. Uh, the, it, whether astrology... Um, governs the your life your social life or your life in general I don't Apparently. I don't know if I believe that
1: do you think it's how do you do you think it's cool or weird or how do you never think about it and not care that me and my sister are both in our 30s now and we're not married and don't have kids
2: well I, I remember uh see my girlfriend and I lived together for nine years the first time and we said you know we just you know we can just just, we can call on each other we we're married to each other we're committed to each other Ooh. we're not we don't have a piece of paper or anything but that's the way we looked at it and, but that was that was from the 60s that's the way it was but
1: i think it's back to that way i think things are very liberal Maybe. now
2: the world is circular it all comes back sometimes
1: time is circular yeah you it's know all things simulation. things that
2: were out of you know, I go out of style. They come back into bell style. Bell bottoms right Clo- now. Clothes. I'm I'm wearing bell bottoms. The way bottoms. you look, long hair or short mm-hmm. hair, and you know things. You know, that's just the way it is. The world I guess, like, are you
1: are you proud of the kids you produced? Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: They're both good, solid, loving people. That's true. And that's the most important thing, I think. And that and you know what whatever they do as a as a job or however they um you know uh not necessarily how they make money, but just how they <laughs> live you know here in yeah. a capitalist society, which oh. you know and yeah. and uh is uh th- that's that's you know their choice, and like I said, I think that you need to find something that you love and follow that you're, yeah, you're, as I said before you. Follow your passion and follow. Do what you love to do.
1: Because you had two girls. And Mm -hmm. I think, like, we don't really use the term tomboy anymore because I think, like, all of that gender spectrum thing is changing. But, like, I was a what you would have considered a tomboy growing up. Well, you you were both athletes. You were both
2: in, you know, good shape. And, of course, you know, we... Or I lived a lot of my sports life yeah. vicariously through my and two, I like through that. both of you both of you girls and I yeah. I coached you in soccer, uh, we played flag football. Mm-hmm. I coached you guys in softball. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: softball was my favorite with you. Yeah. I think I think softball was my favorite sport. And,
2: and I played you know I, I played every sport. You were a catcher. When I, was I was a catcher. Yeah, when, since I was a little kid. I was a catcher for nine years in baseball and i played football with all the you know the little league little teams league, Not you did. baseball and football it was like a pop warner it was called right. a pop warner league and i played i oh and i played basketball in that league those leagues too and i always made every junior high and high school team i always made the team i always played uh mm-hmm. and, and i was got a couple of scholarships for college to play football believe it or not i do believe it yeah
1: well that kind of leads me to a question that i've always considered you a, a guy who's very secure in his masculinity and like your place in life like you're you're just very confident, I think. I don't know that I've ever really seen you struggle. See, there's
2: that word comes around again, confident. confident.
1: I think you're very confident <laughs> with like your image, and like I've never seen you struggle with your identity growing up. Like you always seem to be very uh, in touch with who you are, and I think I feel so lucky that I got to see a very strong male figure in my life who a was never afraid to let mom shine like be the center of attention and like have her personality and she was never like punished for it or made to feel bad that she was this loud eclectic, no successful. i'm i'm proud of her she's good yeah. i'm proud of
2: you girls for what well, you're that's doing rare. i remember yeah.
1: going over to like my friend's house when i was a little girl and i'd be like why is your mom home like why isn't your mom at work like what that gets your mom doing here. I didn't understand that mom was so unique in what she did and how she worked and and I also think it was really important for me to see a strong, you know, confident man who wasn't afraid to show emotion cuz I remember seeing you cry during like Pur- Purina commercials, like if the dog was <laughs> too cute, you would cry. Like you're very sensitive.
2: Yeah, your mother always kids me about that stuff but i've always said that's really
1: important to show a guy that's part of my part of
2: my personality it's uh, yeah you have a very soft heart i I really enjoy a a good emotional movie too i really enjoy especially if it's
1: about a dog forget about it see you later you're fucking gone the pieces (laughs) that are like war movies it's like oh my god you're a waterworks but i think that that was important for me to see because i don't I think that that's like kind of the problem with toxic masculinity. A lot of like women grow up thinking men have to be this thing. And I think I got to see a guy who wasn't afraid to let the woman shine and be super successful because you had your own success in business but you were you were able to work from home. So, you know, you were the one that was taking us to the soccer games and dropping us off at school and taking us to camp and stuff, which, like, was a traditional feminine role, which I think is total bullshit, and I don't see that anymore, thank God. But I think you were a chain breaker in that way, in that, like, I didn't realize how valuable that was until later in life that I got to spend so much time with my dad at home and playing soccer and stuff because, like, not a lot of people got to do that.
2: Yeah, part of... Um my working day was in the afternoon. I had to go to soccer practice. Yep. That you guys had every afternoon, one mm-hmm. thing or one sport or another, and uh, I, I made the I made the decision in my life because I was old enough to, As I said, mom was twenty nine, and I was thirty eight. Yeah. And then we had we after a couple of years of struggling, uh, we had uh, yeah. both you girls, and we were happy that the good Lord gave us. Uh, <laughs>
1: Healthy, healthy ding-dongs.
2: Yeah, well, um, we we were just happy that we got pregnant. Yeah, a struggle. It was a struggle for your mom, but uh, anyway, um, I made the decision early on that, and and because we were both established already, I made the decision that that was going to be part of my life. I wasn't going to miss that because... I, I enjoyed watching you all play sports, mm. and I think I think that you all enjoyed playing them. Oh, it was yeah. fun. It was a fun time, and uh, you know, so you were good and healthy, and you were all uh, both very athletic. You could run fast and jump high, and <laughs> you know, like the commercials on Keds used to say, the the sneakers were Keds. <laughs> yeah, they, it was all they, the sneakers. They let you run fast and jump high. <laughs>
1: So then how (laughs) like it must have really hurt your feelings when I was in my early, early preteen years because we did not get along in my preteen years oh
2: you were just a little feisty it wasn't that big of a deal
1: i have a lot of regret about that and i think i've told you that a lot it was just, you were
2: just a very you we were more like your mother than uh your sister megan your is more sister like megan you. was more like me she's kind of mellow and this and that and you, but you were always feisty and in your face but that's that's just the way you were we had two Two different personalities and so be it
1: did you ever worry about me as a kid because i Not really experimented with like drugs and alcohol very you know i long. thought
2: nobody could fool me about anything you two rotten kids fooled me on everything
1: <laughs> really <laughs> oh, i had no man. idea you
2: guys were involved in smoking pot or. i was on.
1: selling weed
2: well i had no idea I, and that surprises the hell out of me because uh you know, I'm a child of the '60s. But I know it was just a thing you went through. Everybody goes through it. Luckily, uh, I mean, I got through it all. I mean, I think you know, uh, yeah. I think pot was in my life for like ten years, and I just yeah. grew out of it. I figured yeah. the same thing would happen I did. to you, and you did. I did. I did, did definitely. And Megan did too. Both yeah, of you. Just, and then we both
1: know. stopped drinking too. Like. I think yeah. it took longer for that the drinking to stop. It's all for us. part of growing up in, yeah. in life. But you, know, you never but, worried. Yeah. You were never like, "Oh shit, she's well, a." Well, see, I was markless, uh, I was
2: a little older. You know, when you when you guys were married. I, I mean, when you I'm sorry, not married.
1: <laughs> Slipped. When when <laughs>
2: after we got married, you know, it was a couple of years later. We had bo- both of you, and uh, you know, it was that, that was. Uh, An interesting part of the life. We both, your mother and I both enjoyed it. But I certainly decided that I wasn't going to miss your still growing up. So that's Mm -hmm. why we did what we did.
1: I want to ask you about when you were diagnosed with cancer. Because Mm -hmm. I was away in L.A. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't really... I was with mom in Vegas when you called her and told her about like your scans being not so hot. And mom was like, I got to fly home because she was supposed to come to LA and then she was like, I just got to go home and be with your dad. And I remember being like, Oh shit. Like you don't really think about your parents mortality in that way. Mm -hmm. And then that happened. And what, you're like seven years in remission now,
2: seven and a half. Come Uh around in April, be eight years. Mm
1: -hmm. And what was that like for you? Because, well,
2: it was pretty spooky right in the beginning because when I discovered there was some issue, I had bladder cancer, Uh uh, we were all skiing in Telluride, our whole family—the mm-hmm. girls and your, your boyfriends were <laughs> yeah. with us too. I think at the time. Uh-huh. Uh I mean, I was 65 years old, and yeah. then all of a sudden, I noticed a little splotch of blood in my urine, and it spooked me a little bit. Yeah. And you're as stubborn, as,
1: and you never go to the doctor. S-
2: well, no, I well, I didn't. There was no reason for me to mm-hmm. go to the doctor, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't at have low. any real serious problems. Yeah. That I can ever think of, and. Uh, but it was one of those things where when I got home and playing golf, as much golf as I played, I had a lot, a lot of friends that were doctors. And the mm. first thing, my, and he also was next-door neighbor for yeah. a while, Carrie Haskins. Shout
1: out, Dr. Haskins. Yeah. They,
2: yeah. And um, he said, hey, first thing you do is you go to a urologist. If you don't know one, I'll give you a name of one. Well, I looked one up, and he, he said, okay, come on in. We're going to take some pictures and this and that and uh, was when cancer it, when it ever happened, going through your mind i i didn't know i didn't know what uh it's called hematuria i i didn't know what the result of of having those issues might be but it didn't cross my mind but he said well you know we're gonna go and we're gonna take some pictures and they did that and the first thing to do he called and he goes oh he said, uh, "Yeah, you have a, a mass in the top of your bladder," and I went, Whoa, "What does that mean?" He goes, "Well, you know, we gotta go. We gotta get a, a, a biopsy." And I'm a, an, he goes, "I'm a nut, nut and bolts urologist. I'm gonna send you over to Moffitt Cancer Center, which, which is, is like one like of the, the t- best, top in the, top country. In the country, yeah, and, and, which is like
1: down the street from our house. <laughs> yeah. amazing."
2: And um, and he says, "I I know a, a brilliant." surgeon there named philip Spees, who's also shout become, out to
1: dr Spees. hey dr
2: Spees, he's he's become good a good friend yeah. over over time as well
1: saved your life and all anyway, that anyway
2: but uh he you know when dr uh yaki was who was the first one to you know that i went to the urologist he goes well you know i've had a, a client not too long ago that had a, um you know a, a that had bladder cancer too, and I said, "Oh, well, how's he doing?" He's he well, not too good. He's dead. Oh no fuck! <laughs> so the first time so. someone
1: told you it was cancer, were you like, "Oh shit," or were you like, "Okay?" Well, I got no.
2: This. They said we think it may be. Mm. So we, I had to go and get the, the pictures all done, and then when they looked, they go, "Okay, not we're gonna so we're gonna do you know you know investigation. We're gonna get a biopsy and stuff." and He, he did the same thing, and he said, "Okay, I, I'm pretty sure it's it's." Uh, it, it's cancer, so it's um, so I went to Doctor Spees at at Moffitt, and he did everything that Doctor Yaki said, and then yeah. I also had another another procedure, uh, um, colonoscopy. They wanted to make sure, make sure that the cancer. <laughs> no, they just wanted to make well
1: because all that's so close and everything entwined. the intestines yeah. and the
2: bladder and all that stuff. They wanted to make sure yeah. it wasn't coming. I had what's called an adenocarcinoma, which is a which is. In bladder cancers, there's only 2% of bladder cancers is an adenocarcinoma. Great. Normally, <laughs> they you. come from other uh, organs mm-hmm. uh, and, and that are already cancerous, and it's spreading to there. Mm. Well, mine came from a, a uracal remnant, which is, which is a, a holdover from your umbilical, umbilical cord, from your belly button. It goes to the top of your bladder, and that was mm-hmm. part of the system. But it turns, instead of a, so a passageway, got- it turns into like a ligament. You got a little flexed s- And sometimes the ureco remnant is the cause of some cancers. Sometimes so was this something
1: it. like you were gonna get it no matter what because your belly button and umbilical cord just like grew into a toxic piece? We
2: hundred percent don't know. know we don't know a hundred percent what what I discovered was that 50% of all bladder cancers are caused by smoking.
1: Smoking, children! That's right. Cigarettes are trash. I had smoked
2: cigarettes since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. On and off for five years, I'd quit, and then I'd mm-hmm. smoke for three years, and then I'd quit for six or seven years, mm-hmm. and I'd smoke for five or six years. and I mean, But I you were had,
1: always able to quit, cold turkey, But I was right?
2: always... No, I, I smoked... Really? I, I smoked cigarettes and I smoked... I mean that was just everybody did, did it did when it. I grew yeah. up in but my and generation. And you guys didn't know like the And my parent both my parents smoked yeah. and smoked all the time. Yeah. But it was uh one of those things where I'm I, I stopped smoking cigarettes, but I smoked cigars playing golf. Yeah. But so it wasn't I still like
1: the last uh, part of your adulthood when you were diagnosed it wasn't like you were an active smoker this no, was something that was left I, over
2: well I, had, I figured I would already done the damage because I had mm-hmm. smoked for See, 30 years of what you do now some, we'll I was either smoking back. one thing or another it wasn't a cigarette it was a joint it was a cigar you know mm-hmm. Any rate,
1: did it, you feel like a sense of regret, like oh shit, I shouldn't have done that, or were you like, I can, hey, it can't is, change the past? It is what it is. Yeah. You know,
2: I figured, look, we got to go forward. We've got to move forward mm-hmm. now because so it was pretty gnarly. You were like I,
1: stage three, right? Yes. Yeah. And
2: he go, but luckily it hadn't gotten outside outside yeah. of my bladder. And Doctor spee uh, said, "Look, we're going to try to save your bladder, a part of it, you know, whatever we can." And he, so it was a. <laughs> six in the morning until five o'clock in the evening i was on the mm-hmm. table and they were taking- i
1: remember mm-hmm. being there the last time you ever peed out <laughs> <at> your <the laughs> pee hole <Yeah. laughs> the morning you got up and then we took you to the doctor and you were they were like go pee whatever if you have to pee and i remember being like that might be the last time my dad ever pees out his pee hole. Because you did, were you thinking about that? Were you thinking, oh my god, this might be the last time I ever pee on my pee hole? No,
2: that never crossed my mind actually. And it then was you woke just, up. I was just hope, hopeful yeah. that they would save my bladder. They couldn't. They couldn't. And but and that, so they took out of some some. Uh, they took out the urethral rem- remnant. They took my entire bladder. Said, it's called a radical it cystectomy, and radical. they also r- removed my prost- prostate. Mm-hmm. And they took some. Does that uh,
1: mean you lost your butt G spot?
2: N- no, <laughs> I nah.
1: I never thought about that. If you don't have a prostate, does that mean your butt G spot is gone?
2: What's a butt G spot anyway? All right, never mind. I never really searched. <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, butt, the butt is the off-ramp in the highway of life oh to me. Oh, my God. Okay? So
1: you never went excavating. It's not, it's not, no. So they gave you a, a bag. <laughs> What's the bag called? It's, the, a, it's not it's a colostomy a, uro- bag.
2: Eurostomy.
1: So colostomy, a lot of people know, is people who poop in a bag. Correct. But you still can poop, but you got a bag that holds your pee. Exactly. And you never, since you don't have a bladder, you never have the feeling that you have to pee. Exactly. That's amazing. I think... I mean, despite, obviously, the horrible thing you had to go through to get there, I think that that's, like, a big perk.
2: All I can say about this is I I, I was... I was ready to move forward and mm-hmm. and and go aggressively with this if I needed to take chemo fine if I needed mm-hmm. to take radiation fine and surgery fine let's let's get going with this thing cuz he said he said look you've got a, a bladder but it didn't uh, uh, I mean I'm sorry a tumor but it hasn't it hasn't gone outside your bladder yet so uh, we're gonna do the surgery, and he goes, "Okay." And we're gonna schedule it for April. Well, they did it in March, and I'm going, oh, let's get going and get this thing yeah, out of here right I feel like now." I would he feel he awful says, "He says, look, it's, it's a slow moving. Yeah. You know, you, the adenocarcinoma is very slow, slow moving, but mm. it's aggressive. But we're gonna take care of it at this yeah, time." Yeah, I
1: would not be able to like live knowing that there's like cancer in me. Well,
2: f- I was in the hospital for five days, and and they said you're remember. gonna be there for about a week, and I and they said five days you could go home. So. I tell you the the alternative was not yeah. positive. So I said, well, We're, look, if you if I've got a if I have to have a urostomy bag, you can live with it and I yeah. have. You play golf, you and move around and not only you still that, you
1: help other people with it and Yeah, you've-
2: I've tried actually tried to get some time to do volunteer work yeah, at Moffitt, Moffitt. But they have a they have a a, a list of people that yeah, are, that it's the best ca- in the country. And well, the other thing is that when people survive, can- if you're a cancer survivor, we call call ourselves uh, we call call ourselves cancer warriors. Yeah, because we've we've we made have. it through the war. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, you're most. I would think that most people would want to help help other people st- talk to them about explain your position and your experience. I tell people, look, if you're gonna have th- what I did. You can live with it. Like I said, the option, option isn't very positive. Well,
1: let me ask you. I mean, I know you're a very religious person. You renewed your relationship with like the church and religion and God uh, when you got with, sober. With Christy,
2: with Christy's mom too.
1: Yeah. What do you mean?
2: When Christy's mom when came. Grandma Margaret when yes your grandmother when she she came and lived with us for a while mm-hmm. she was a very very
1: very religious person.
2: religious person and she's she was trying to explain to me as as a boy I grew up a catholic and I had my first communion and my mm-hmm. confirmation and uh, I became agnostic when I became uh, I think it was probably when I was about 18 because um, I really couldn't understand it and I never really knew what salvation was mm-hmm. and that's what she taught me about 18 or 20 years I didn't ago know it was
1: grandma margaret who got you back into she's the one that I,
2: I said how come i sit in church sometimes with you guys and then all tears come to my eyes she uh-huh. said god's talking to you he's he's
1: so I know that you believe when you die you will go to heaven because you are saved.
2: Absolutely, I know I'll see my friends that have. I've been seventy-two. Well, the you have a list lot is, the of friends passed from
1: cancer too.
2: Yes, the uh, Christmas list is getting smaller every year. Well,
1: and you know that's kind of like what I was thinking yeah. about when I was ta- uh, When I wanted to ask you about the cancer bl- stuff was like you once told me that like you are just grateful to get up another day. Ever every since day. your remission, you were just like. I could go at any time and be pretty happy with my life. And I'm like, oh, my God, that gives me so much anxiety. Like, I hate that thought. But the truth is, is, like, you're very comfortable with the idea of death.
2: I am, but I'm also happy working. Uh, uh, I'm just doing what I'm doing with the family. I'm I'm happy to wake up on the right side of the dirt each day. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> But,
1: like, that... I don't know. Like your parents both died when you were pretty young. I never got to meet them. And I'm lucky that like I have never had a very impactful close death except for my cousin Chris was pretty gnarly. But I have like a severe fear of you and mom dying. It's like a big source of my anxiety in my therapy sessions.
2: (laughs) Well, we're both doing pretty good since both of us now have passed the normal death rate when i was growing up uh most men would die w- at, right. at 62 because of heart and attention. women would die at mm-hmm. 68
1: and the death rates just
2: and now it's yeah. like i think a woman is 77 and a man is how long do you want to as
1: long as you can
2: well, you want
1: grandkids i feel bad
2: <laughs> no it's that's okay uh, you don't like kids like me though you would like your grandkids. Sure, sure I do. I'm kids sure of... I would. Children are a blessing from what I think from God. And um, not everybody can have them. And that's why when you, I know you talk about it all the time, mm-hmm. to rescue dogs. There's lots of dogs yes. that need a family. But, you know, think about rescuing children too. Yeah. There's oh, a lot absolutely. of kids that need Adopt, a family. They need somebody that would care for them and love them because. There's a bunch of them out there and mm-hmm. people, I, it's unbelievable that we've, you know, another thing too, that number of, uh, I, and I feel strongly about that too, you think about 40 or 50 million people that in this country that, uh, you know, have been boor- aborted and mm-hmm. yet there's still thousands and thousands of kids that need to be, mm-hmm. uh, that would love to have a family and if they, the older they get, the harder it is to for them to get adopted and to, mm-hmm. to have a family too.
1: Would you a, and mom ever like... Well, no, I think you and mom would I think foster.
2: We're, we're, you know, we're, Pets, in our, not we're in our golden years. How you guys like got say.
1: rid of us. You're like, Christy's that. Not, <laughs>
2: Christy's not in. I know. We finally got rid of those rotten kids, right? Yeah, we're you doing always, all right. I always joke about that all we the time. We still
1: come around from time to time, but. but.
2: Well, I think that, you know, your mother's. Way too busy to try to concentrate on no on rea- raising or taking care of another children. But maybe,
1: you've got lots of time for Aminal. An
2: but you never know. Maybe you know who knows. Maybe she'll decide to stop working and never. we'll sell the company and never. And then she'll say, "Look, I've got a lot of time. We'll we'll get another little kid that really needs. You know, maybe a, an older kid. Maybe a that kid would be that could be eight or nine or ten years old. That that's yeah. you know people. You know, sometimes they don't want to give.
1: Love to do that.
2: You never know. Jared
1: and I talk about that all the time because I think. The idea of having our own children is not really something on the table, at least not right now. You never
2: know. It might pop up next.
1: I know. Who knows? You say that, you say that a lot, too. You say that about, like, <laughs> with with love, too. I remember you're saying, like, when you least expected, and, you know, you would kind of...
2: Don't go looking for it. It'll just happen when it's when it's going, when it's supposed to happen.
1: Breaks in my early teens and early twenties. You know, just you'd been through it that you would always be like, "Oh, come on, walk it off." You know, I know you're hurting, but like, it's gonna. Ha- you know, you had such a pragmatic look at at the way love finds you, not you find love.
2: Yeah, I I I believe that that if you live your life, live your life as a good person. And a caring person that when, when you meet the right person, it, it'll, it'll, you'll know it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, have.
2: You may, you may have met the right person with Jared, with you, who knows?
1: And, and I think it would be great to add more people to that relationship. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have a lot of different views sure. about politics and life and things, but I think, we both can agree that like love is love and yeah. you know, you never questioned my sexuality or relationship status and you never, I mean, you've asked questions, but you've never given a shit. You know, you've always <laughs> just wanted me and Megan to be happy and just
2: be happy and love who you love. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the most important thing. I think it even, uh, you know, as a Chris, I consider myself a Christian man. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, the Bible goes. Tells you certain things about life, and uh, um, it, but it is what it is, you know. You if you if you love someone, I mean, it's it's always been that way. I mean, whether we, whether people like to admit it or not, mm-hmm. there's always been gay people. There's always been those that are confused about what their gender is, and I think it's got starting to get a little crazy nowadays. But well, you're you know, old. I am. Now, as I said, I'm in my golden years now. So,
1: Yeah, you I call them your olden years.
2: Yes, yeah, golden and golden.
1: My my theory is, is like, if it doesn't bother you, who fucking cares?
2: It's, hey, you know, your private life is your private life, too. Mm. You know, and that's the way it is.
1: Unfortunately for you, I make mine very public. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: well, I, I guess that's part of uh, what you do. So that's yeah.
1: fine. Well, we've been recording for an hour. Can you believe it?
2: No, I can't. It went
1: by quick, right? It did. Do you have anything yeah. to say to? Yeah, the Yeah, I gotta documents? get to the football game. It's... Oh, okay, that's what he's gotta you know, to do. The
2: Alabama-Auburn game, I think we gotta is watch on. the
1: Iron Bowl. That's well, it. I'm not gonna ask where people can follow you because I don't, I know you don't like to be followed or talked <laughs> to. Because the one time when Jared and I set you up with an Instagram as a joke, I told all my followers my, to go follow you. And you had a fucking heart attack. Were, my
2: phone kept was blowing up all over the place. you I so go, mad. Go, What's going on? With these, <laughs> all these people are doing something. I kid uh, I'm just gonna turn my phone off, and, which oh, I did. Oh, that was and,
1: funny. So don't go follow my dad. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. I, I'm uh, not really on it. I, I, yeah. I, I know
2: you put me on it. on Instagram mm-hmm. is that what it oh, is? yeah,
1: I, I put you on it where I, I think it's so I, funny. I, I, I've
2: never been back that. there though. I yeah. Anyway.
1: But tell <laughs> tell the people that they should go buy my book.
2: You should buy this book. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's going to help people. Yeah, and that yeah, that's part of part of uh, my life story is is l- living uh, Kelsey's experience with her too because mm-hmm. I came out there to Hollywood a couple times with her and. Got her set up in a couple of places that helped yeah. her along, oh, yeah. and it's uh, it's, been, it's been it's uh, been you know she's so emotional, so dramatic <laughs> that you know that those kind of the things that that have affected her life are probably in my life too, but they just yep. uh, they just don't affect me in the same way.
1: Yep, and Our, everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. And I think I I was able to write a lot about that um, point of view because of you know, you having a different view on it. Like, I think I was able to write from the perspective a lot of if you have a loved one that doesn't go through what you go through, like, here's how they can be of help, and here's yeah. how to explain things to them. And like, If you
2: need stability, and, and, you know, it support. may help you find it. Exactly. Because I think you found it in certain things. I
1: think I've been through it all, okay. it feels like a bit. <laughs> oh, in God, I hope not. You're now. still pretty young. Uh, thanks, Dad, for talking. I know... Oh you weren't you said you weren't nervous but i know that you never know what's going to come out of my mouth so i appreciate you being open and sharing your views and and showing people that you don't have to have exactly the same mindset to still love someone and be family and support them and be around them all the time and um, thanks for voting for biden well
2: you know i love you more than life itself <laughs>
1: me and jared say that because you and mom say that to each other do you know that i, I, I love know. you more than life itself i do because you say that to mom, too. Yeah. All right, Dad. Say bye to the right. Confidance.
2: Bye-bye, Confidance.
1: Bye-bye, Confidance. <laughs> Rate this five stars on iTunes. You know okay. you can always find us at ConfidentlyPod on all social media. And don't forget to send us an email if you want. Don't at say. Confidently, it's Just your podcast. My little dog, say bye, Moxie. Bye, Moxie. Bye, Moxie. <laughs>